This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hollywood loves a movie about horny teens desperate to lose their virginity, and the smart new comedy Bottoms is a welcome addition to the canon. It stars Io Adebri and Rachel Sennett as unpopular best friends who start a fight club in hopes of seducing the cheerleaders of their dreams. I'm Aisha Harris, and today we're talking about Bottoms on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Joining me today is NPR music editor Hazel Sills. Welcome back, Hazel. Hi. Also with us is Christina Tucker. She's the co-host of the podcast, Wait, Is This a Date? Hello, Christina. Yo, yo, yo. Hello. So great to have you back. And rounding out our panel is senior supervising producer of audio at Slate, where she works with shows like ICYMI, Daisy Rosario. Welcome back to you, too. Hiya. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. I'm excited. I think this is going to be a fun conversation. So Bottom stars Io Adebri and Rachel Sennett as Josie and PJ, best friends and self-described ugly, untalented gays. <laughs> it's their senior year, and they're determined to finally make moves on their respective crushes before heading off to college. Cheerleaders, Isabel and Brittany, played by Havana Rose Lou and Kaya Gerber. Now, Josie and PJ take full advantage of a series of over-the-top occurrences and some misunderstandings to create an all-girls fight club with the sole intent of seducing the objects of their affection. Now, they convince their gullible teacher, Mr. G, played by former NFL star Marshawn Lynch, yes, that's him, (laughs) to be the club's advisor under the guise of it being this self-defense class empowering young women. They unwittingly develop a close bond with all the participants, yet their true motivations, of course, cannot stay hidden for too long, and the whole ruse eventually blows up in their faces in spectacular fashion. Bottoms was co-written by Senate and Emma Seligman, who also directs, and they previously collaborated on the movie Shiva Baby. If you haven't seen that, you absolutely should. I loved that movie. And Bottoms is in theaters now. So, Christina, I want to start with you. You know, where does this fit in the grand scheme of nasty teens Mm. in high school being mean to each other, terrible? Because, you know, I feel like there's a long history of this. Heather's, Jawbreaker, Mean Girls. Now you have Bottoms. Where does this land for you? Yeah, this movie is like if you took Jawbreaker and Heather's and like mashed it up with like Superbad and like Scream Mm -hmm. and like But I'm a Cheerleader, like it's all (laughs) of those references all at once. And I had a really great time watching this movie. I think a lot of it because I was so surprised by it in a way that I kind of feel that I'm rarely get to be surprised by movies like this. And the tonal shifts are kind of wild, but they worked for me. Yeah. And I think the thing that I found the most distressing was like, oh, the discourse on this one. (laughs) But like, that's not the movie's fault. That's my unwell internet brain. (laughs) So I had a great time and I'm really excited to like chat with you guys about it. Yeah, the tonal shifts are definitely, it's a a sort of movie you have to learn to watch as you're watching it. They also worked for me too. But Hazel, I want to get your sense. How are you feeling about this? How did these tonal shifts and the weirdness of this all work for you. Yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to this movie because I love Shiva Baby, and it just sort of exceeded my expectations. I think the way I described it to a friend after seeing it was that it felt like a really smart, almost art movie hiding mm-hmm. in like a raunchy high school comedy. And I feel like that's a testament to Io and Rachel's 
you know, star power and chemistry. But yeah, I agree that the tonal shifts are pretty wild. The movie has this really kind of like trippy, surreal quality. Like every aspect of the high school in the movie is like super heightened. Mm -hmm. I felt like very like, but I'm a cheerleader vibes. Like all the boys are like hyper masculine and (laughs) all of the popular girls are like dainty little flowers and and then there are two leads in the center and yeah I had an amazing time I really loved it yes I'm so glad we've I just recently watched but I'm a cheerleader for the first time and yeah it it was great to sort of watch these back to back almost and see the parallels between the two Daisy how about you tell us how did you feel I thought that this movie was unhinged in just (laughs) such a great way like it's Really fun, really strange, um, very over the top, very stylized. Like, I'm really glad that Christina named the movies that she named, especially like Heather's and Jawbreaker, because it's kind of in that style in the sense of it is very much like playing with like the concept of high school, like the idea of high school, but it doesn't like feel like an actual high school, you know, just the same way that like Heather's and Jawbreaker don't. So I think that this was really, really fun. I thought it was great. I didn't love it as much. And that's not to say that it wasn't really good. I just wasn't Mm -hmm. as surprised, I think. And maybe that's because I'm so familiar with like kind of all the movies that we're naming as it is, (laughs) you know, like at my age, it's like I saw But I'm a Cheerleader when it came out. I've been watching it since then. Like I love all of those references like deep in my bones. So I feel like I was a little less surprised, but that doesn't mean that it's not great. Like it is still a great movie. And I thought it was really, really fun and bizarre and just completely worth watching. Yeah, I I think every generation gets this kind of movie. And I think it's fun to see the progression of how these have worked because, you know, obviously Heather's is 30 plus years old now. And I think each movie has found its way to represent the era it's in. But at the same way, they don't necessarily feel too dated. What I found really fascinating about this film and part of the absurdity of it is that it doesn't really center you in a very specific time or place. It's so out of time. Yeah. Yeah. There there's no like latent homophobia like there could have been in, you know, super bad or whatever. No, Mm -hmm. like the leads are queer and no one cares about that. Like it's not a big deal. It's just that they are as I already said, ugly and untalented. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what is fascinating to me is that, like, I didn't see any social media. One of the students uses a phone book. Another one is rocking out to their disc man. (laughs) And then, like, their diner looks like a like a pastiche of Happy Days, American Graffiti. Look, I know that Gen Z right now, they are really into 90s nostalgia. So I guess this isn't too surprising. Like I bought my younger sister a CD because she has a CD player and she's like 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was OK. Um, so it makes sense. But I thought it was really interesting because it, it adds to the layers of just weirdness that this movie is giving. Mm-hmm. You're either going to lock into it or you're not. And I think mm-hmm. that if you kind of learn learn the language of the film and how it's working, then hopefully you will lock in. But I can also see, Daisy, your point about how some of it does feel familiar. But I felt like the twists were enough for me to feel <laughs> as though it yeah. was different enough. But yeah, your, your mileage will vary. <laughs> I mean, what did you think of the sort of the chemistry between Io and Rachel? I feel as though they're kind of part of this mm-hmm. new generation Gen Z, younger millennial who are really, I think, making some very interesting movie choices and role choices. And I thought this is perfect for both of them. 
Yeah, I think they're both so incredible. I think they really land the emotional friendship beats really well. I think, you know, you always get your requisite, like, we have to have a fight in this movie between the two leads. And I think that fight in this movie is really well realized and Mm -hmm. feels really, really realistic, which in comparison to kind of the rest of the movie (laughs) makes it feel a little out of place. But yeah, I think their chemistry together is really wonderful and really fun to watch. And they so just like clearly get each other on a level that it's just like, yeah, this is what I this is what I signed up for. I want to see actors, actors acting. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I just love them. I do. I love both of them. I will watch any of the things that they're doing or make. And I love seeing them together. Yeah. I hadn't seen Shiva Baby until a few days before I watched this movie because I knew I was going to watch Bottoms. I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to watch Shiva Baby. It's been at the top of the watch list. Let's finally hit play. And I did, and it was great. Like, it was just such a, a great... Banger. Absolutely. Like So stressful in the best way. <laughs> I think it was so stressful, stressful to Hazel. It's like so stressful. That's the first adjective that comes to mind for me. It's like uncut gems for Jewish girls. Like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just reminded that my therapist always points out that things that make other people tense do not make me tense. Um, like, I'm like, oh, I guess, yes, I guess it was a high tension situation. That is not how I thought of it even though it was. But yeah, I just, I, I think that they're all really wonderfully talented. Their whole thing makes me in part feel better about going to NYU, which um, I've <laughs> made jokes about how much I hate it on this show before and in every possible opportunity in my life. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're great and I want to keep watching literally anything that they do and I hope that they continue to keep their kind of partnership and working something that they both continue to do even as they do lots of other work because I want to see so much from them they're just so funny yeah 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 also a really tall order to play a teenager when you're like in your late 20s and I feel like they (laughs) which also kind of adds to the like cartoonish you know element of course we've all Mm -hmm. seen people in their 20s play teenagers but I think they struck a really great balance between those kind of cartoonish comedic tones and then also like real moments of vulnerability mm-hmm. and so I think they did a great job yeah mm-hmm. yeah I want to ask about this movie's approach to both sex but especially violence because <laughs> you know we won't talk about the ending but let's just say that it, it's it is very brutal but of course like the premise of this film is that they are starting a fight club and there's a lot of punching there's a lot of kicking and and headlocks and all that jazz But it also just like there's this interesting way the movie, it really comes up to that line of like taste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's one scene where they're all sharing their various experiences with harassment and abuse that was shocking to me. And Christina, like you said earlier, my concern was like, oh, my God, the discourse, (laughs) the discourse. Every time I call the police about my stalker, they tell me to fill out an online form. And then the form tells me to call. So I call and then they say they can't get involved until he tries to kill me. And he keeps saying he's going to, but that doesn't count. So it's just like annoying. Been there. I felt like it walks that line very well, but I'm wondering how it worked for you because, you know, Mm -hmm. violence, especially violence against women, is a tricky, tricky thing to navigate in the world of comedy. Yeah, I think it like, for me, it felt like it made sense where it was heading. Mm -hmm. And I think where we are in culture, it makes sense to be like, we've had so many conversations, so much, you know, as we say, discourse about what violence looks like and what women specifically have in violence we had our gone girl era and now it's like now we have our fight girl our girl fight era <laughs> yeah. i think it did really walk that line well and i do i mean 
for me, I think they were coming from such a realized and specific point of view mm-hmm. that I never really felt like they were taking advantage of anything or, you know, just playing with something just to play with it. It felt like they had ideas behind everything that happened. And that is that's like why you go to the movies, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's what we want to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I thought they really crushed that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me that, like, the movie starts out and they're starting this fight club for girls in the school. But then, you know, as we've talked about, like, it becomes this space for, like, intimacy between these girls and for camaraderie. And, like, it's interesting to me that, like, the high school is sort of ruled by this football game. Like, the football game governs everything in the town. And obviously, that's a violent sport. And I feel like there were such interesting distinctions and lines being drawn between you know, the way that boys could express themselves and express their aggression and then, like, the spaces that girls are allowed to express their aggression as well. And it it just, it was interesting to me. I agree that, like, all the violence in the film, it felt like it had a point. And, like, for as cartoonish as it gets or, like, as intense as it gets in many moments of the movie, like, it's really bound together by these girls kind of coming together and, like, forming these really interesting bonds. And so, the medium in which they do that might be kind of crazy, but also weirdly beautiful. But yeah, yeah. Except I will say one thing I appreciate is that the PJ character played by Rachel Sennett is very, very kind of unlikable in many ways. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like she's the Jonah Hill and Superbad character <laughs> yeah. where, yeah. Yeah. like, she at first she's upset that the girls who join the club are not hot except <laughs> for their crushes. Even after they've all shared their various traumas, she's like, I I love that they allow her character to take much longer to sort of have an epiphany than you Mm -hmm. might expect because she was terrible. She, I could, I could understand why no one liked her except for Josie. (laughs) No, she felt terrible in like such a specific teen girl way that I was like, like seeing far too much of my own teen girl behaviors (laughs) and being like, Ooh, let's, let's kind of close the door on this one. (laughs) No need to revisit. But like, it felt very realistic. I mean, I think that's so much of what works with this movie is that, you know, kind of Christina was saying like the friend fight, the dynamics between them felt real is like when you play like the human emotion really real even as you're keeping the world around it pretty absurd like you can sell it and I feel like with the two main characters like they really did that and you understand them in this bizarre world because you you understand enough about them to be able to go along for the ride so I felt like Mm -hmm. they they earned all the things even while they are doing it in a very strange way yeah, for sure. Also, I just want to note that at one point they mentioned both second wave feminism specifically <laughs> and bell hooks. Yeah. And I was just like, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> this movie is something that I definitely was saying a lot during the screening. Yeah. Yeah. I also I want to point out that, yes, this is a movie mostly about girls and whatever. But Marshawn Lynch is kind oh of a treasure. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. The football star to actor pipeline is is fraught, but I think he's just so fun to watch and he is the ally in this film. Oh my god. Uh, but he also is just like he has his own little narrative arc and I just love how kind of dense he is throughout this entire process. Yeah. Because he wants to be an ally, he's like, sure, why not? Kind of, you know, retail in the bathroom. Uh gotta be at the co-op. And I'm also dealing with some relationship drama, so... Back to the club. Maybe this will be a great way to take your mind off of stuff. Can I be honest? You're a man who's not coping with what's going on. Yeah. 
You know what? My mom did say I need to pick up a hobby. And yeah, he's, his approach to allyship is very like, well, women can't do anything wrong, so <laughs> do whatever you want. It's like, cool. When yes. you have somebody that's this naturally gifted, yeah, yeah, he just seems so funny. I mean, on my notes for the movie, I have a bunch of different notes, and one of them just says Marshawn Lynch. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Same. Mine says Marshawn Lynch with a question mark and an exclamation mark. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what's going on here? Like, yes, where'd he come from? But I love it. <laughs> yes. So fun. I will say one thing that I was kind of stuck on, not necessarily in a negative way, but I thought the, like, to not have any trans characters mm. in this place, that was so seemingly welcoming and like it just felt like kind of a missed opportunity like would one of those girls like not just be a trans woman like that would be a fun like addition to add it didn't really like detract from my viewing but it was I think because the movie is so queer that I was kind of like a notable missing space here Mm -hmm. in this like in this arena Um, and I think that could have been like an interesting avenue to explore though I don't necessarily know that the movie needs like more going on because there is quite a lot going on yeah but it was something that I was kind of like huh that's an interesting thing that's missing here yeah trans non-binary I also didn't notice as far as I know they always refer to it as a an all girls uh, fight club yeah but Mm -hmm. yeah it's a tricky line to walk right I mean I think that right you know, there are a lot of side characters, the young girls in the group who are quite funny, in- including Sylvie, who's kind of this wild slacker chick played by Summer Joy Campbell, who's just really obsessed <laughs> with wanting to kill her stepfather. Um, yeah. It's it's hard to to say, you know, what they could have added and what they couldn't. But I do think that I did notice that. And, you know, again, every generation has their heathers, their now bottoms, mm-hmm. and maybe the next one will maybe explore that a little more. I just like don't want people to like read or like know too much about it yeah. going mm. in. I think going in with like just almost no expectations is kind of the way to approach it. Just like like you're either going to vibe with it or you're not. But I don't think listening to people or like reading reviews is going to help you decide if you're going to vibe with it or not. Although too late if you're already yeah. here and listening to this. <laughs> like, you haven't seen it. But we don't count. Right. We're correct and perfect <laughs> and right all the time. We're trustworthy. Yeah. I definitely went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be like lesbian super bad Mm. but it was so much more than that and I think like the glossiness of it the fact that it is kind of this blockbuster comedy like it primed me for an experience that I it was that was so much more and so much weirder than what I was expecting Mm -hmm. Daisy any last thoughts just go and enjoy it just have a good time it's constantly heightening in really strange and fun ways and I think yeah the definitely the the less you know about it the better. Here, here. Well, tell us what you think about Bottoms when you've had a chance to check it out. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH. And up next, we're going to be talking about what's making us happy this week. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Now more than ever, your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, all tailored to your short and long-term goals. Backed by the strength and stability of a top 10 commercial bank, 
Their dedicated experts work with you to build lasting success. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. A member FDIC. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for our favorite segment of this week and every week, What's Making Us Happy? Christina, let's start with you. Tell us, what's making you happy? What is making me happy? Books. Um, I recently read A Memory Called Empire and A Desolation Called Peace by Arcady Martin. They're a sci-fi duology. They're about colonization and language and institutional memory. I don't want to spoil too much of it, um, but it is basically focused on an ambassador from like a tiny space station that has managed to maintain its independence from this far-reaching empire and has to go to the heart of this empire to figure out what happened to her predecessor. It does do that thing, that sci-fi thing where it's like, words, throwing them at you. You in? (laughs) Do you get what we're saying? And for the long time, you're like, I don't know what you're saying. And then suddenly you're kind of like, oh, wait, yes, I do. I get it now. But I think it it does start tracking relatively fast for that kind of dense sci-fi thing. It's gorgeous and sad and like hopeful. And I read it about a month ago and I'm still just kind of like reflecting on them in that way that good art is just like, well, damn, that rocked. I'm really glad I got to experience that. So I'm telling everybody I know to read them, which now includes this entire audience. They are A Memory Called Empire and A Desolation Called Peace by Arcady Martin. And they are bangers. Thank you so much, Christina. Hazel, what is making you happy? Yeah, what's making me happy this week um, is the TV show How To with John Wilson. It's airing its third and final season currently. It's an HBO show made by the documentary filmmaker John Wilson, and it's largely put together with footage and sort of man-on-the-street interviews that he's done, that he's collected around New York City where he lives. Every episode sort of begins with a theme, like how to clean your ears, how to split the check. But like no episode is ever that simple. They quickly kind of spiral out into these really like poetic mini documentary films almost. Um, For example, they just ran an episode about how to watch the game, and it begins with Wilson like trying to get into sports, but then it ends up with him connecting with a group of men who collect vintage vacuum cleaners. So that's just like a little taste of where these episodes go. (laughs) I'm really sad that the show is in its final season, but watching it right now has been making me very happy. Well, that's a great recommendation. And that is How To with John Wilson, and it's streaming on Max. Thanks so much, Hazel. Daisy, let us know what is making you happy. So I have been stuck at home with COVID for over two weeks now. Uh, I'm sorry. Truly losing my mind. Thank you. Um, But I just want to acknowledge that because this is not something that is making me happy. It's something I'm yearning for. The things that I have been uh, getting through COVID with are just, they're great, but I don't feel like they're worth mentioning. (laughs) (laughs) But I learned how to swim about a year and a half ago during the pandemic. Like I grew up very much an indoor kid who was raised by television and movies. That's my frequent appearances on this show. Um, something I did earlier this year, now that I've learned how to swim, is I took kayaking lessons. I took solo kayaking lessons. I didn't realize how accessible it actually was. Like it's an entirely new world that has been opened up to me in terms of, uh, as I keep joking, like a water sports daisy, as it were. So the thing that has made me very happy this year that I've not had access to for a couple of of weeks is kayaking, just being alone in a kayak 
And I just want to encourage anybody who, like me, might have come to this stuff late to to try it, even though it's it can be really daunting and scary. It has just been such a wonderful experience for me. So highly recommend getting on the water uh, if the water is your friend. <laughs> well, thank you, Daisy. Um, so what's making me happy this week is a mini series on Max called Full Circle. This kind of flew under the radar. In fact, I didn't even realize it had come out until it just popped up on my screen when I pulled up Max one day. But I mean, the pedigree here is fantastic. It's written, all the episodes are written by Ed Solomon, who was behind Bill and Ted, Men in Black, uh, and it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yes, he is. He's just always putting stuff out, I feel like, and a lot of it flies under the radar and you got to kind of dig for it. But I really enjoyed this. It's a thriller where a ransom kidnapping goes wrong and the various parties connected to it find their worlds collide and clash. And so this stars CCH Pounder as the head of this crime ring with connections to Guyana. Jarrell Jerome is her nephew. He's like eager to prove his worth within this crime ring. And then on the other side of things, you have Claire Danes, Timothy Oliphant, uh, they're playing this wealthy couple, and Dennis Quaid is playing a celebrity chef and Clara Danes' dad, and the whole family has secrets, and they're unraveled, and it's really confusing sometimes, and you have to pay attention to the show. It's like a really just great kind of summer watch, end of summer watch. And I didn't even mention it also has Zazie Bates in it, uh, playing this detective who, you know, in in familiar mode, she's a detective who's going to just go rogue and do everything on her own. Uh, but it's it's just really great. And I recommend you check it out if you are at all a fan of any of the people involved. Uh, so that's Full Circle on Max. And yeah, definitely check it out. That's what's making me happy this week. If you want links for what we recommended, plus some more recommendations, you should definitely sign up for our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter. And that brings us to the end of our show. Daisy Rosario, Hazel Sills, Christina Tucker, thank you so much for being here to talk about Bottoms. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And this episode was produced by Hafsa Fatima and edited by Mike Katsif and Jessica Reedy. Hello, Come In provides our theme music. And thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Aisha Harris. We'll see you all next week. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.